0: coming up on today's episode we break down the return of the cavalry as the jets take down the lightning plus all stars are announced and a wrap-up of jet world junior prospects
1: hello everybody
0: recording live from somewhere What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host Brandon Rewicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rewicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. Alright, heading into a Saturday in style after a hell of a game at Canada Life Centre. Maybe the game of the year. Certainly, playoff-style atmosphere might be trending on Twitter after a beauty between the Jets and the Lightning and, of course, the hometown boys find a way once again to pull it off, grab the two points, and it's four straight dubs in a row, so vibes are still at an all-time high early on in 2023. So we'll break it all down coming up here and a few other tidbits to get to before we wrap up the week. So once again, joining me here on the pod is CJOB's Tyson Rowicki fresh off work in the game, suit and tie, looking good. How's it going, Tice?
1: Oh, it's going great. I mean, after that game, it's, it's hard not to be
0: bad. If you can't be good, then don't be bad. I don't know if that's the best or worst saying of all time, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll move past it either way. Maybe I'll use that a little bit later. Um... But yeah, I, I don't know. Was that the game of the year? You think? Uh, right now, I think so. Like- yeah, it, it, if it's not one, it's two. If it's not good, it's bad. It, it, it's it's <laughs> right. It's right there. But man, there is there. There's not too many better litmus tests in the NHL. You know, and it's weird to say, even you know, because they didn't win the cup last year, and the Jets have played the, the Abs a few times. But I, I would still say that, to me, Tampa Bay is a great litmus test, even more so than the Avalanche, because they can play any style you want, right? And, hey, look, they were missing Victor Hedman, so so there's that part of it, too. I mean, it seems like they can miss almost anybody, kind of like the Jets, and, and find a way to still, you know, play, quote-unquote, Tampa Bay hockey. But But Tampa Bay is one of the few teams that is you know, elite in terms of high-end skill and talent. But I think what always goes under the radar with them is how brutally physical they are and dirty too. Like they're, they're a really, really tough team to play against and they play a really, really interesting style of hockey that I, I don't know, I, I've always felt like they get a little bit uh, underrated in terms of how big and physical they are out there. So I was intrigued to see how the Jets would stack up against them and yeah check 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 passing that test with flying colors once again they, they didn't dominate the lightning in this game there there's no doubt about that but you know once again the Winnipeg Jets went toe-to-toe with high-end opposition and find a way to come out on top and that's kind of been the story all season long Tice yeah you know, it's what... not it's not you know lean on Connor Hellebuck make 45 saves and you know away we go with a win it's Hello, bug does his part, no doubt about that. But the five skaters that are out there, time and time again, find a way to look really impressive. Yeah, and I don't think, like you said, the Jets didn't
1: necessarily dominate the pace of play and the and the play itself. But man, they were give they really gave it to the Tampa Bay Lightning, physicality wise. I mean, we saw some hits that were just massive, like the Shifley hit on uh, on Flurry, that sent him into another dimension. Whether that was from a getting the wind knocked out of him or maybe a head injury but then also that Ehlers hit at the end of the second where I I was texting you and I was like I, that might have been a long shift and I just hope he didn't I hope he didn't hurt himself because that was such a heavy heavy hit and just to see a guy like Ehlers kind of buying in not that he didn't buy him before but buying into the system his first game back coming off a hernia injury that's a pretty tough injury to come back for a lot of hockey players he looked I mean he, he still I think he's gonna take a little bit of time for him just to get readjusted to the pace of play but all those guys that got reinserted back into the lineup tonight I thought they all played a really good game and especially I mean I I'm already I think I'm going to plot myself in as the number one Nate Schmidt fan because I I just just love just loved this game so far this year and I think one of the biggest things that Nate Schmidt brings is his ability to jump into the neutral zone and break up plays and we, we saw it a handful of times in this game where he was just breaking up plays moving the puck back into the Tampa Bay zone and like, oh man, like this Jets. I think this Jets team might be the best team in the West right now, and I don't really think it's
0: close either. Well, interesting. I mean, okay, so we'll 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 get to the guys returning in just a sec. That that was the first note that I had. But what an interesting topic you bring up there, Tyson. I I, I think you can make an argument for the Jets. I think Vegas might have something to say about that right now um the abs once they get back to full straight the thing with the abs though is one i don't think they're trying as hard as they might have in the past and two they're banged up like crazy but most importantly three i think they're going to make a massive splash of the deadline and get a second line so it's almost like you can't even judge colorado now because yeah. they're going to be different come playoff time but i i i think i think winnipeg's put themselves in the conversation with Maybe not at that level exactly, but they're they're tiptoeing really close to the Colorados and the Vegases at, at the bare minimum. But I think it could certainly make a case that they're they're the toast of the West right now. Yeah. And and what's interesting with those injury struggles with the Avalanche and and you know they're just having racked up the points to the, to the degree that they have in the past. There's a chance the Jets could grab that top seed in the division and very you know, similar to how Toronto has struggled to get out of the first round in, in such a long time, in part because they never grabbed the first seed. This might be the year to avoid finishing 2-3 <laughs> so you don't have to play against a Colorado or, or even a Minnesota, right? So I, I, it's wild that we're having that conversation at all to begin with. Um, but it does, to me, I, we can go back and forth on whether or not they're the best team in the West it does get the sense that this is a special group, right? Yeah. Like there's always like a couple teams each and every year. Not, not always the same teams, not always the best teams, but there's a couple teams each year where you're like, this could this be our year? Like there's just something special bubbling and brewing here and Bones and everything that's gone on so far. It's kind of feeling like a special year. I mean, look, if they play like that come, come springtime, it, it, it might be a longer spring that a lot of us would have anticipated a little while ago. So, I, so that, that's been fun.
1: And I think the jets had is one of the teams that has the most to gain from the trade deadline. You know, like you you mentioned Colorado adding a second line center. I mean, you got to think Sam Girard is going to be involved in one of those trades, but that's another big piece from your blue line that's moved out there all of a sudden. I mean, the jets, they have the cap space, they have the picks, they have the prospects to make a, to make a big splash. And I think that they can make, more than a big splash by making multiple moves. But yeah, to me, I think Colorado's, you lose Kadri and Burakoski, that's two thirds of your top six. And that's, it's tough to replace from within. And Alex Newhook hasn't been as great as they thought he would be coming into this season. And to be honest, Vegas, I mean, I've doubted them at the beginning of the season and that was stupid, but it's just something about Vegas this year that they always seem to get, get a bad injury towards the end of the season. <laughs> And I'm not, not wishing ill will on anyone on Vegas, but we've seen it multiple years. I mean, Shane Theodore, we don't know when he's going to be coming back either. Uh, Mark Stone has a long uh, injury history. So I th- I think, you know what? I'm getting excited coming into the, to this trade deadline for the Jets. I think they can make a really big splash.
0: Yeah, the thing with Vegas, I mean, more than anything, it's going to be goaltending. Yeah. But that's where the Jets have the edge in, in, in a matchup against the Golden Knights. Might... You know, might even be a nice little bit of revenge as to what happened in 2018 there maybe hellebuck can pull a flurry and kick the knights out of the playoffs there but yeah they're it, it's it's crazy i think they have shown now like what, what more would you need to see to say that the jets are amongst the contenders there in the western conference in, in a weak western conference two right now as they stand near the halfway point so it's I mean, credit credit to everybody, right? Credit to Bones, maybe first and foremost over anybody else right now. But the players have picked up on it. Ella Bucks playing some of the best hockey of his career, um, and, and they're getting some special performances up front too, with with Josh Morrissey's Norris campaign. And I would say at this point, Pierre Luc Dubois' point per game plus pace right now. So so it's it's not every year the stars kind of align like this, and, and we might be seeing something. Uh, we, we might be getting shades of 2018 back here in Winnipeg. So, hey, we'll, we'll see who the, the new Paul Stastny might be at the trade deadline. How about that? Maybe it's a different guy from the St. Louis Blues. Who knows? Just throwing it out there. Um, but let's go into some of the guys that you mentioned there, Tyson. Obviously, the, the biggest storyline going into this game from a Jets fan perspective was just quite frankly the fact that half the team, it felt like it's going to be back in the lineup. So that, that, was, that was the biggest thing is how are they going to look? And yeah, I would agree for the most part. I was pleasantly surprised at how how well they were able to adapt and, and just kind of step back into the flow of things and, and not look all that out of place. I, I think it was about as good as you realistically could have hoped for out of the injured players getting back into the lineup. I would agree. And it, it's kind of funny and both promising that Nikolai Ehlers, looked like the, he was at about 60% full strength and he was still able to impact the game in such a massive way that shift at the end of the second period i mean that 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 looks like half the people in the gym right now trying to run two miles on the treadmill right myself included i wouldn't have made it that far by the way but you could just tell he had nothing left of the tank the conditioning is just it's going to take a while for him to get his his game speed back up probably a couple weeks but like just just seeing him out there and and the jolt that he provides was, was so, so massive for the team. And it, it's hard not to get really excited about what Connor Dubois and Ehlers are going to be able to do once all three of those are at full strength. Nate Schmidt, totally agree with you. I mean, I still think just a shade below Morrissey, but not too many guys have benefited more from the Rick Bonus system installation. You just saw all the, all the time in the neutral zone, he's jumping up in the play breaking up passes, and then, you know, being aggressive in terms of jumping into the play, trying to create something off the rush, and he's he's no slouch inside his own zone either. And Blake Wheeler looked great, and the fact that you can rupture a testicle and get back within less than less than a lifetime, After you know, seven, my respect yeah. forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that was, yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine the pain that went through there. Um, I would have retired on the spot, like I said, a few weeks ago what had happened, but um, I didn't think he looked all that bad either for, for an old guy that was able to get back into it.
1: Yeah, 100% agree. I don't have too much to add on that because you kind of hit the, the nail on the head there. Just all those guys coming back. It's just such a boost to this team. And like you said, Rick, bonus is just, it's just the way that guys are able to be reinserted into the lineup and it seems like they don't miss a beat. I mean, that was a big, big worry for these guys coming back that, hey, maybe it's great that they're back, but maybe we don't quite gel as quickly as we were before. But hey, as we saw tonight, they clearly did not miss a beat. And just wanted to give a quick shout out to Bones to twenty six hundred games coached in the NHL. That's crazy, man.
0: <laughs> I thought it was. I thought somebody like did a like a fake Twitter account. With yeah. The, with the, I was like, that that's not possible. Have Have there even been two thousand games in NHL? That's crazy. It's it's a, it's a crazy amount and it really goes to show how impactful he's been for like over 30 years now right yeah. i mean that his first head coaching gig was with ottawa the, the expansion team i don't even know when he I mean, coached the jets he, I don't even know when he first started coaching but it's it's pretty wild that he's been able to adapt to to like the change in the way the game has been played maybe more importantly the change in how athletes are now with like the modern athlete now compared to a pro in nineteen ninety five. Like it's it's a completely different world. And he's you know, even now heading into his, his late sixties, he's he's still looking to adapt. Like it's not, you know, he said he was gonna coach the way he wanted to, but that that don't mistake that for a sign of like stubbornness or just being an old man. Like he still wants to learn and, and grow. And it's yeah, he's he's it's been awesome, and, and twenty six hundred is is just bonkers. Um, yeah. Speaking of bones, by the way, uh, what did you make? Did You see, Billy as bling at the at the skills comp? I didn't, unfortunately. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, take a look if you can find it quickly. Um, but i I think we could all uh, I think we could all agree that you know maybe sometime the same way that the University of Miami had the uh, the turnover bling, the turnover gold chain. Right. I'll you know, find a way like after each goal to get somebody to wear the bones necklace. <laughs> I'm just I'm looking I, at it. Right. Like on the, you know, every time like the Jays hit a home run, they bring out the jacket. Every <laughs> time somebody on the Jets scores, they go to the bench and so they got to put on the bones chain for 30 seconds. Uh,
1: yeah. I'm just looking at it right now. That is, that is awesome. That is awesome. And I, so I was working the, the Tampa Bay broadcast and they, they interviewed John Cooper before the game and he, he had just glowing words to say about Rick Bonus that so you could really, you could tell that from a guy who's considered at least a top three coach in the NHL. Just the kind of respect and admiration that he has for Rick Bonus—it's really awesome. And it just shows you how how well regarded he is around the league.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's a beauty, and obviously Cooper doing well from their time in Tampa Bay together. So, um, yeah, again, getting the bones bling out. <laughs> I, I, i'd like to I, I i didn't make the curdle a thing with cal connor's nickname but i wouldn't mind seeing the the bones bling become a thing after each goal so we'll see if we can make that happen um there's a few other things from the game i want to touch on quick and then like i said in the opening there uh some out of town news involving the winnipeg jets that we should touch on quickly as well uh but before we get to all that we do also have to give a shout out to our lovely friend over at DraftKings Sportsbook, sports book an official sports betting partner of the nhl where new customers can bet just five dollars pre-game money line on any nhl team to win their game and you get 150 bucks in free bets if they do on top of that if that's not enough money for you to kick off the new year turn smaller bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays as well maybe you had a mark shifley fight on the uh Pre game parlay, and if you hit on that, then you're feeling pretty fine right now. But there's plenty of ways to win money with our friends over there at DK. Download the Draft Game Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet five dollars on any NHL team to win their game, and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. Only at Draft Game Sportsbook with code THPN minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for more details what are the notes I have in here Tice, from the game it's not really uh eloquent but I I, I just put down Tampa Tampa's kind of a bunch of douches <laughs> yeah like, like, I could understand watching like if if your team played Tampa in a playoff series, i could understand at the end of it being like i hate these like these the the worst team in the league like i they oh man they are they're rough they're physical they're dirty as hell though and i like even this i thought i thought stamkos was cool and then why like why why you have to be mad like why you have to go after healers like that like the cross check is whatever you get the penalty whatever but then the the stand over and then he like cheap shots him twice in the back like it's like what's your problem man like what I, I don't know i i was i don't really care one way or the other to be honest if the jets play like that in the playoffs and you know didn't take 20 penalty minutes a night and got away with it i'd be totally fine with that but it was just kind of like man these, these guys are a-holes right now what's going on
1: well and especially on that skirmish that you were mentioning too, the the two jets d-men couldn't top in and protect and help out in that scrum because they didn't want to lose the ozone draw they going into the power play but I mean, there's two guys going after Kyle Connor too. Like, yeah, you you guys are real tough. You guys are real tough. That was with a quiet game too from that warm Corey Perry too.
0: Yeah, that that's that's a great point that I said that and Perry didn't do anything or Maroon. Yeah, right? like the, the two usual suspects kind of kind of stayed away from the fray there. But I hey, at the very least, puck don't lie getting a five on three after that. Eilers cross check from Stamkos and Cal Connor buries one there. So, so that was great to see. Also shocking, Cal Connor in the span of about forty five minutes match his penalty minute total from the previous season. You don't see that too. Uh, is PLD rubbing off on Cal Connor.
1: Yeah, hey, that he's just trying to get those fantasy points for me. Just to, that, oh just, nice, yeah. that,
0: those extra pins for me. I I wonder, I wonder if any NHLers are in like a hockey fantasy league. But like if you draft yourself if you just take like a 10 minute misconduct at the end to win pims for the week. The old Calvin Ridley. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I'm gonna guess they don't do that. They probably <laughs> the Jets probably stick to fantasy football. Actually, that would be I'm gonna try to get an update on that. Because I I mean people know that the the Jets fantasy football league historically has been extremely competitive. Maybe too competitive at, at at some times, and and uh, Mason Appleton gave kind of a mid season update. I wonder how I wonder how the season played out because I think yeah. Haley was dead last. He probably didn't even make the playoffs. Uh, it's been kind of a tough week for for Hellebuck actually, which we'll get to in a in just a sec there. But all in all, good performance by the Jets. Great performance by the Jets. Really, I was a little cautiously hesitant going into this game just because of the amount of guys coming back in might take them a while to get into rhythm. Usually you see teams stumble out of the gate when that happens, but they played pretty damn good. And anytime your goalie can outduel Vasilevsky at the other end, uh, you got to feel uh, pretty good about how things went for your squad there. So a pretty impressive performance by the Jets, and we'll uh, have to get ready for a few more games to get uh, into the middle of July here. A little bit easier on, on the skid in the next two, and we'll get to that a little bit later on in the episode here. Um, But some other Jets news as we wrap up the show here from the, uh, from earlier in the week, good news and bad news, I guess, at the same time, Josh Morrissey, no surprise to anybody at all. As the NHL all-star nominations were announced, Morrissey picks up his first. So that's, I mean, yeah, again, not not much of a surprise, extremely well-deserved, a really cool moment too with with Rick bonus announcing it in the team meeting there. Uh, Morrissey, I think his speech was "Let's have a good practice, boys." Just like hockey cliche to the max there. Um, but but really, really great to see Josh Morrissey get his due there. On the flip side, it, it, and it's the stupid setup they have to represent each and every team there. But I, I just if, if your setup if your setup doesn't have Connor Hellebuck getting into the All Star game with the season that he's having right now, then your setup sucks. It's just that yeah. simple. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's. I mean, I mean, UC Soros is having a. He's having a decent year. Yeah, I I guess he played all right in his last game, dude. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Oops, 61, never mind. Sixty-one saves, like that's absurd. And, and like you said, like the All Star format's just messed up. They got Vladimir Tarasenko making the All Star team. I mean, isn't he hurt right now? Is yeah. It... Oh wait,
0: what what happened before that? Oh yeah, you broke your hand. You're out for six weeks. Cool.
1: <laughs> so I, I mean, I get it. You want to have equal representation for each team you want to have all the, but
0: you don't (laughs) you don't want that it's so stupid the nba is the best league in the world in terms of marketing its players do you think they have some bozo from the pistons (laughs) making the team instead of lebron or ad or you know what i mean like it's 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 so it's so so dumb and i mean it's it's crazy because the guys that didn't make it so far the top two leaders for the Vesna Trophy right now this season are currently not on the All-Star team in Hellebuck and Ilya Sorokin, which is mind-boggling. And then you have the league's second-freaking-leading scorer in Leon Dreisaitl looking for a voting That's spot great. to get on. Like, what are we doing here? Do we, need, do we need to see somebody from the Coyotes? Do we need to see somebody from... Chicago do we need to see etc it's like enough's enough just get the put the best players there Uh, that and I don't know why I get. I try not to get mad at this every year then I just end up getting more and more mad and I get it's just for kids mostly like kids love it they have a great time that's cool but just put the best players there like why is this so difficult that that should be like that's it who cares how many if, if it's eight guys from one team and four teams get shut out well too bad (laughs) <laughs> get better players I guess would be my answer to that
1: well and, and you say it's just for the kids but I'm sure there's a lot of players too that have bonuses in their contracts that well, that give them a bonus for making the all-star team and so if you're getting shafted because every team's got to get in and you're missing out on a 500 grand or whatever it is like that I'd be pretty choked about that honestly
0: yeah I would if I was a player I would that, that would be a mistake on the players' part, I think. <laughs> I I'd be, I'd tell my eight, look, like, this voting sucks. We can't put that yeah. kind of a closet in here. <laughs> like, we, let's make it some other performance-based thing because I'm not I'm not getting screwed over because John Scott gets into the All-Star game and I don't. And I miss out on, <laughs> a half a milli, right? And the
1: other thing that's dumb about it is that, say if Tarasenko isn't healthy enough to play in the All-Star game, they're not going to get someone from St. Louis to fill in they're going to just grab whoever would be the next best player. And so, like, at that point, it's like, well, then what's the point of grabbing everyone from one team anyways? It's just it's a long list of NHL not making the right decisions when yeah. they should.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is very out of character for Betman and the NHL <laughs> what we're seeing here. Uh, but, yeah, at the very least, Morrissey doesn't get the screw job. So so that's great. The norsey campaign continued once again last night. Uh, what did he have, a couple points? Two, two assists? Yes. Three three points, I believe. Three. Yeah. <laughs> so I was about to. F, F he's good. <laughs> this is just crazy. Like, this season is out of control right now. And, and if it's, I mean, in a normal year, he'd be the front runner for the award right. Like for the note, right? Yeah. Like it's it's taking a absolutely supernova season from Eric Carlson, and then you know, Dalene and and Fox too, that, that are there. And he, I mean, Kale McCarr is kind of in the, he's kind of in the backseat compared to all those guys, but in a normal season, Josh Morrissey would be the front runner for the trophy right now. It's just wild that, you know, he's having the year that he's having on pace for like 90 something points. And he might finish third or fourth in the voting right now. Um, but we'll see. I I mean, I, hella bucks, I think he's going to get in, um, if you had to pick Dubois or Connor, if a if a Jet forward had to to sneak in as well, who who would be the next Jet forward to get in?
1: Um, I'd probably go with Kyle Connor. Just I no knock on PLD, but I think if looking from a league perspective, I think you can put Connor in more events. I think you could toss him in the fastest skater. I think he's a better I think he's a better fit for maybe some of those skill relays, even most accurate shot. But I mean, I, I'm not going to complain if if either of, the, of them gets in.
0: Well, there's a new event this year. It's why I would go PLD. It's how, could you take the most penalty minutes in 30 seconds? Oh, we run away there. <laughs> we, got, we got a new record, folks. Um, I, I might pick Dubois just, and, and Chevy can go up to him and say, "Hey, I, I helped you out there, bud. So if you want to help <laughs> us out with a seven-year extension, that would be super cool." Um, either way, though, we'll we'll worry about that when the time comes. Uh, that, that that's a future problem for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, not a future problem for the Winnipeg Jets. That's a pretty good segue. Um, the future of this team. Look pretty bright out there at the World Juniors. No gold medals to bring home for the club as Canada gets their second golden goal in about five months, which is bizarre, but true. Um, yeah, too, too bad. Too bad, Team America. Enjoy the bronze. Um, saying that, though, <laughs> good for Team America to get the bronze because a couple of Jets prospects... Showed themselves really well. Um, I mean, Chaz Lucius first is is maybe the one that grabs most of the headlines. There has a huge game in the bronze medal game, scoring the uh, not not the golden goal, but the bronze in goal uh, to get the U.S. on the podium. There, I, I I think you know he was great. I don't think my opinions change of him at all. In that, he's going to be a really really good NHL player if he stays healthy. Yeah, like That, that that's the. I mean, that's. I, it, it's good in a way that there's no question about his talent level. We've just seen so far that his only issue is his ability to stay out there on the ice. If he could do that, like he showed out there in the World Juniors, like he has with the Moose, he's getting better and better in the A so far this season. If, if he stays healthy in his NHL career, he's going to be a great pro. Um, but he was really, really impressive in the tourney. And I, I'll say McGorry really, really caught my eye. I'll eventually pronounce his name correctly. If he plays like he did for for Team USA, we'll all figure out how to say it eventually. Uh, He he showed some pretty impressive chops in that one. You kind of forget with the Lambert hype early on in the season that McGrory was taken ahead of him, Uh, but he showed himself really, really well, you know, playing a a supporting role for a, a solid American team. Yeah, and I think that I think that
1: showed why the Jets valued him so much higher at that pick than Brad Lambert. It's I think Redick McGordy is going to be a I think he's a great player. I think he's just uh, the way you watch him play, the way he handles himself off the ice as well. He just screams quality, high quality NHLer once he gets to the league, and so I'm really excited. And you mentioned him, a guy that I wasn't so I, I wasn't so impressed with was Brad Lambert. Yeah. I just, the consistency issues are becoming very apparent, right? And it's not just early on in his career. It's early on in his professional career as he's been drafted, but just date, it's just tough. If you're not going to be, the, when you're a high end skill player like that, and you're not consistently making high end skill plays, not even just game to game, but he goes really long stretches where it's invisible. And I think that's a, a big, it's, I don't want to say it's a big concern so soon because he is such a young player, but I think it's something that that really needs to be drilled into him and really kind of focused. And I'm not the biggest fan of sending him to to junior. To be honest, I'm really not. I think really, I think sending him to junior is just gonna enforce some of those bad habits because he's gonna be so much better than everyone there. And I think that it could develop. It leads into you getting used to playing the way you want to play and sometimes junior coaches don't they don't really care because you're gonna because you're putting goals on the scoreboard I I I would have kept him in the AHL to be honest
0: yeah I I like the move sending him down I I it's it's been a bit of a rough go for him at, at the AHL level and I I I mean yeah there's, there's certainly the concern that he picks up some bad habits but I like I, I think his you're right in that he's inconsistent, right? Like he'll you see the flashes, but it's just not there each and every night. I I kind of like, you know, sending him down there, build up some confidence, dominate some some younger, lesser opposition, and then you head into training camp next year, kind of with a fresh late. Um, you know, likely head back to the moose that year, and then you kind of give it a second go around and, and see how things go from there. Um, the one thing I might say is just stay away from playing for Team Finland for a while because for for whatever like I don't I don't know if it's the same coach as the the World Juniors team from last year, but there's there's just something there, right? Like like they just there's there's a clashing of 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 personalities or something, and he's just not comfortable playing at that level there. So it wasn't it, it definitely wasn't the I mean he was he's probably the least impressive out of all the prospects, right? I mean, the Jets even had a—I forget the Swedish kid's name—but he he played pretty damn good for for Team Sweden as well. Uh, yeah, it's—I guess it had a slightly disappointing year. Maybe what it has been more than anything, it's a little more realism thrown onto the Brad Lambert hype train, right? Yeah. It was—I was, yeah, was kind of leaving it. It was getting out of control early on. Yeah, I'll take the blame on that one. I, I was—I was maybe you know pushing the, the the whistle a little bit too hard there. Uh, he's, he's, he's an 18 year old kid. He's still got a long way to go. I, I might might be two or three years away from the NHL as opposed to get this kid up there right now and let's have him uh let's have him play some NHL games this season, burn your one of his ELC. We're, we're, we're probably a few years away from that. Um but all in all, pretty solid showing by all the Jets prospects. What what also stands out too, Tice the, the Jets just really know how to draft American kids. Yeah there's just like I mean, it was uh, the red wings with the swedes you know there's there's just certain teams they got their scouting department set up in in certain areas and they just they they nail it and the winnipeg jets absolutely nail drafting kids from the USHL. and i mean wherever their first round pick if they have one ends up in this year's draft let's let's hope it's some kid down south there because they know how to pick them Maybe stay, maybe stay away from the CHL for a little bit, but they sure as hell now to pick the guys from the U.S. And I think the, uh, the one
1: reason why I think the Jets are so good at drafting is they never try and be the smartest guy in the room, the smartest team in the room. There's, you see so many times where there's teams, they just think too much. Like the, when Boston could have had <laughs> Kyle Connor, Thomas Shabbat, and Matt, Matt Bardell, like, yep. and then even Colbert Fetty. Like Colbert Fetty dropped way too far, dropped way too far in that draft. Um, I'm um, even Chaz Lucius. Chaz Lucius was projected to go at least two, like three or four picks higher than he did.
0: And the Jets just sit in their spot and they go and they're like, This is, guy's the best player available. It's fake. Yeah, yeah. That the, you know, they're like the Ravens. The yeah. Ravens do that every like every team's like, Well, why didn't we pick this guy? Well, you could have, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Don't don't galaxy braid things. I, I do like that. Yeah, the, the Jets, you know, people got on the Jets for their drafting for. I I guess it would have been the last like 3 or 4 years or so. Um because they weren't hitting these massive home runs with all of their picks, but man, I, they they've been pretty damn consistent. They just traded away a lot of picks. I think that was the the main issue for a long time. They, like that's what happens when contending teams go for a cup run or two. They they just don't have as many picks to make and that, that's kind of the the secret sauce to drafting is have more picks, you'll tend to make more more home runs than, than you do when you only have two or three every single draft. So, um, yeah, draft and develop has always been the main staple for this organization. And I think um, from what we saw at the World Juniors, their uh, features looking pretty bright for the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to that. But most importantly, the presence looking pretty damn bright right now after that big, big, big win over the Tampa Bay Lightning to close out the week. And that's where we'll close out the episode here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in once again to skates and plates on the hockey podcast network. We'll get back at it next week. We'll finally get back to a regular schedule, which means episodes out every Tuesday and Friday morning. And when we get back at it on a Tuesday, we got a jets game to break down for you guys. That'll take place. Excuse me. That'll take place Sunday against the Vancouver Canucks before they head out on the road to take on the Red Wings on Tuesday night. But we'll break down that matchup against the Canucks Sunday afternoon and then get ready for the rest of the slate as the club heads into the middle part of January. Once again, until then, thank you so much for listening and stopping by. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki That's CJOB's Tyson Rowicki stopping by once again. We'll get back at it next week. Until then, enjoy your weekend, everybody. Stay safe and have fun out there. Peace.